At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So you've heard me talk a lot about self-care over the years. And I wanted to do an episode that really kind of dives into the neuroscience of why self-care is so important. Because I think the term gets thrown around a lot and I think it's misused and misrepresented because sometimes we look at self-care as just doing whatever and, and not doing anything. But there's a specific reason behind it and why it's so important. So I'm going to be talking about the neuroscience of self-care and why it's so important. Coming up. Oh, don't worry about today or things we cannot change. It's over the past we can erase. Welcome back to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray and I am the host of this show. And I'm delighted that you are here today. Very, very happy that you're here. And like I said at the very beginning, I want to talk about the ins and out of self-care. Why do I recommend it so often? And also why so many people either misrepresent it and misunderstand it, or they just ignore it. <laughs> All right. Do you fall into one of those categories? And some of you are not very good at self-care. And I will say People in my profession as therapists are not the best at self-care. <laughs> so we're really good at helping people, but sometimes we don't really think about helping ourselves and we have blind spots too. So why is it so important? Why is self-care so important? Well, I think the first thing I want to just start off with is why is it dangerous? Why are there dangers of high stress and what kind of harm it can do to our bodies? And if you are the type of person, maybe you're a perfectionist and you work all the time, maybe you even class yourself as a workaholic. I've met some people that way and they said, yeah, I'm a workaholic, almost as a badge of honor. Work, 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 work. Hustle, 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 hustle. And I think there's a time and place for that. But if you do it enough over a long period of time, it's going to wear out your body. I always say that you'll either implode or explode if your engine keeps revving up. So do you remember the last time you were overwhelmed and stressed? Maybe you're you're experiencing it right now. Maybe you're completely overwhelmed and so stressed out. And a lot of people can have 
multiple types of stressors. And I call that complex stress that could lead to acute stress. And when it gets to that level, that's when you start to feel it in your body. When you have various stressors, and it could be stress from work, maybe you're stressed about meeting a deadline, or maybe your manager has gotten on you and said, hey, you need to get going here. You got to meet this deadline. Maybe you're worried about whether or not you're going to get fired or laid off. Or maybe you are the CEO and founder of a company and you're worried that it's not going to be sustainable and then you might have to lay people off. That can be stressful. And then on top of that, you have your normal everyday family life for those of you who are married and have kids. And that brings a whole nother level of stress. And then on top of that, you might have some other life stressors that happen. Your car might break down. You might have a loved one that was recently diagnosed with cancer or some other terminal illness, or maybe you've experienced a death of a loved one. And all these stressors add up. Sometimes it feels like you can't catch a break. And when you are so stressed, you have that thought that you have to keep going. If you don't keep going, then something bad's going to happen. And so you're internally motivated to do something, but you're doing it at the expense of your own health. So if you wear the, I'm a workaholic as a badge of honor, I'm going to challenge you to rethink that. I'm going to challenge all of you who say that self-care is pointless. I'm going to challenge all of you who would say or think that self-care is selfish because it's not. And so I want to dig into, first, what are the dangers of not practicing self-care when you're stressed all the time? What are the dangers? And then we're going to talk about the neuroscience. We're going to talk about four specific types of hormones that our body produces for our health. And when we are super stressed, then that could be a bad thing. So we're going to talk about the dangers of high stress all the time. We're going to talk about those hormones. And I want to talk a little bit about, well, it's because it's my show. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about what I do for self-care and something brand new or fairly new that my wife and I are doing. And we just love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay. So let me get to the dangers of high stress all the time. So You are either overwhelmed and stressed right now, or you at least remember the last time you were, right? And when your body is stressed and overwhelmed over an extended period of time, it goes into survival mode and it starts to produce high levels of natural stress hormone called cortisol. You may have heard me talk about it before. Maybe you know about it. But this cortisol is a natural stress hormone our body produces and We really need a certain level of stress. Now, everyone's a little bit different with what type of stress they can function the best or at what level they function the best, but we all need some level of stress. It's what keeps us going. It's what keeps us motivated. It's what keeps us really be thinking about the future. And so at a certain level of stress, it's good. It's healthy. Our body produces a healthy stress hormone. But sometimes when we are in constant stress, 
all the time, our cortisol, that natural stress hormone, is in overdrive, and it's releasing way too much of the cortisol. And that can be a very real threat to your health. Sometimes our stress is perceived. Sometimes our stress is very real. Either way, if it's perceived or very real, either way, it could release cortisol in our body. And so when we have cortisol that's too much, that's releasing too much, it can decrease our immune system. Because cortisol and other stress hormones are really meant to help boost our immune system and help balance our nervous system. But when it's too much, you've heard the, the term too much of a good thing is a bad thing, right? When it's too much, it could actually hinder and harm our immune system. And it can harm our nervous system. I'm sure you probably have heard stories and maybe you've experienced this yourself where you or someone that you've heard about has shut down. Basically, their body has shut down and maybe there's a term called uh, mental breakdown or a complete exhaustion. And maybe they had to go to the hospital and stay a few days in the hospital because their body shut down. Well, because they were operating at the high level of stress and it created all these stress hormones and they were, they were just overdrive. And I'm sure you've probably heard of stories and maybe you've felt that yourself. And maybe you didn't go to the hospital, but maybe you had to take some days off of work and maybe you just sat in bed all day because you were too exhausted mentally and physically. So too much of it, prolonged stress can really send emergency signals to our nervous system, to our regulation system, our amygdala, and then our body can go into a fight, flight, or freeze mode, which creates a hyper alertness, like we're being under attack. Have you felt that way before? that you felt so uneasy and agitated and maybe your heart was racing and maybe you were kind of sweating and maybe your heart was pumping or maybe it's palpitations, but it was creating a physical sensation and it was scary. Maybe you thought you were having a heart attack. That's what happens when our bodies are in overdrive. We can shut down. Our body tells us that something's wrong. It sends signals that something is wrong and something catastrophic is about to happen. So when this happens, our body's emotional and physical regulation system is disrupted. And that can lead to a lot of dangerous health issues like anxiety, depression, digestive issues like IBS or nausea. Muscle tension and pain, migraine, sleep problems, weight gain, memory loss, distractibility. The list can go on and on and on. But all of these things are physical symptoms of something that's going on. And your body is telling you something. It's saying, whoa, wait a minute. You've got to slow down or you're going to slow down, right? If you don't do something about it now. So self-care Think of this, self-care is more of a preventative practice 
rather than a reactive practice. Because by the time you realize, oh my gosh, I need self-care, and a lot of times it's too late, you're already shut down. And then you got to start over. And you're totally mentally and physically exhausted. So that's why self-care is so important to think about as a preventative. You want to make sure you fuel your body just like you put fuel in your car. It's very similar. Our body and our car is very, very similar. You got to take care of your car. You got to get regular oil changes. You got to fill it up with gas. Make sure the, the tire pressures is right. And our body is the same thing. We've got to make sure that we refuel our body with sleep, that we refuel our body with a healthy diet and drink plenty of water. All of that is actually self-care. So the beautiful thing with our body and our brain, it's amazing. Now, our brain is so complex, we still, to this day, don't have a good grasp of our brain. But there are things that we do have a good understanding of. And we have developed, or not developed, <laughs> we didn't develop that. But we know now through research over the years that there are actual what we call natural feel-good brain chemicals that are released. And you may have heard of some of these. So I want to kind of go over that. And, and this is kind of the neuroscience and how these chemicals in our brain that produce naturally on their own, we don't have to go out and try to find them. We don't have to go out and try to womp them up. They're there. Our body already produces them. It's amazing what our brain does. So I want to talk about the, the feel-good brain chemicals, and there are four of them. And as I talk about them, think about how each of them functions in your life and how maybe specific types of self-care can help promote each one. And so let me talk about it. I want to list four of them. So one is dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, and serotonin. And those are four main brain chemicals, the feel-good brain chemicals that are released. Now, dopamine is a transmitter and serves as a reward center of our brain. Our brains are, are wired to seek experiences that bring pleasure. And when we do something fun and pleasurable, dopamine is released and, yep, you got it, we feel good. And it's a neurohormone that's released by the hypothalamus of our brain and helps with many functions, like helps us pay attention and sleep at night. It has arousal and mood and learning and a reward motivation. It also helps us with our behavior. So think of the dopamine as a reward center of our brain. Things that we want to experience, fun things, things that, that are happy, that bring happiness and pleasure to our, our brains. And then there's oxytocin or tocin, and it's a hormone that's released again by the hypothalamus into our bloodstream by the pituitary gland. And it's often considered the love hormone. <laughs> no, you love that. The love hormone. Yo, know, that just brings back. I had a flash right when I said that. Some of you might remember the show back in the early 80s called The Love Boat. You remember that? The Love Boat. 
And the show is all about being on a cruise and all the different characters there. So saying love hormone made me think about the love boat. <laughs> so this is a love hormone. And here's the cool thing. It's associated with childbirth and nursing and cuddling, sexual experiences. And when we fall in love, and for all of you parents, especially you young parents and grandparents. <laughs> so when you have a newborn baby, oh, remember that. And maybe some of you have children that are older now. Do you remember when you had your child, the first child for the very first time that you were able to hold your child? Yeah, that love hormone surged. And for you moms who nurse and for you dads who love to cuddle with your kids. That's the love hormone. And it feels good, doesn't it? Or maybe you don't have kids, but you have a partner and you just love spending time with them. It releases this love hormone into our body. And it's just a natural thing. Again, you don't womp it up. You can't find it anywhere. It just happens. Our brain does it for us. But here's the thing. Low levels of the love hormone, oxytocin, are linked to postpartum depression and regular depression. If you have low levels, and it is possible to have low levels, especially during childbirth, and that's what happens a lot. Postpartum depression is a lot more common than you may realize. And maybe some of you know what that's like. You've experienced it. But here are some things that you can do to help boost it, boost a love hormone. The first one is physical touch. How many of you like getting a massage or getting a hug or cuddling? Yeah. So physical touch will help boost that love hormone. Listening to music or singing out loud, especially in a group. Hanging out with friends. Isn't that fun to hang out with friends? And so when we do these activities that are social activities, it releases this love hormone and we feel good. It releases it into our bloodstream. The next hormone is an endorphin. Endorphins help relieve stress and pain. So it releases these endorphins and its specific function is to help us with our stress and our pain, to reduce it. And they are primarily created in a hypothalamus and the pituitary glands. Do you see a, a common theme here in our brains? And if you've ever heard of the term runner's high, if you're a runner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A runner's high. So it's developed with an increased level of endorphins from running all the time. But with those with low levels of endorphins, uh, they're prone to depression and fibromyalgia. So experiencing that runner's high from running, 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 and, and you, you know the drill, right? So when you start to run, you can't run that far. You get exhausted, take a break, and you, but you keep going a little bit further each time. And then eventually you run and run like Forrest Gump, <laughs> right? So run, Forrest, run. And you start to get that runner's high. And only those of you, I don't know what that's like, what that's like, because I don't run. My wife does, and she's told me about the runner's high. I've known plenty of other people who run and, and experience that runner's high. 
but it's a good feeling that you can run a lot more than you, than you could when you first started out. But when you don't have enough endorphins, that's where depression can come in and also fibromyalgia. So here are some things that you can do to boost your endorphins. One is regular exercise, and it doesn't have to be a full-blown cardio. It's not just running. You can go for a walk. can be very helpful. Giving to others, that can help release endorphins. Yoga, meditation, eating spicy foods. (laughs) I love spicy foods. My wife and I love, love, love Thai food. And years ago, there was a Thai food restaurant that was really very close to our house. And we would, my wife and I would get uh, Thai food there a lot, pretty often. And uh, like most places, Asian places, they have a rating system for their spiciness from one to five. (laughs) And so uh, each day or each time we went, we tried to up the number of spiciness. And so I was pretty proud that eventually I got to 4.5 out of five. And every time I went in there, the owner would see me and and he would say, Oh, Hey, there's Mr. Spicy guy. (laughs) We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of smells like humans. Each week, We talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like human. Please follow the link in the show notes. So I was able to work my way up to 4.5 on the spice scale of five. Never made it to five, but I just loved it. And just even though it would be a little painful, it felt good. My brain was releasing endorphins. Eating dark chocolate my personal favorite, eating dark chocolate and the darker, the better for you. And then laughing out loud. I'm talking belly laugh. When was the last time you laughed so hard? It was coming from your belly, right? Maybe it was a a TV show. Maybe it was a friend that told a joke or maybe somebody did something and it was accident and it was so funny. You laughed out loud. All those things can help release endorphins. And uh, so that's something that you can do to start feeling better. And then the last one is called serotonin. So serotonin is a natural chemical that's primarily produced in our digestive system. And it's from an essential amino acid called tryptophan. So it enters our body through the diets in the foods like nuts and red meat and cheese, but low levels of serotonin can result in mood disorders. Isn't that amazing? It's like what I was saying before, our brain is an amazing organ. There's so much we don't know about it. 
But these are, are chemicals that our body releases. And when we don't get enough of them, it could cause mental health issues. It can cause physical issues. And so low levels of serotonin that can result in mood disorders, it's, it could actually lead to depression. It could actually lead to anxiety and other different mood disorders. And it's considered to be the regular levels of serotonin is considered to be a natural mood stabilizer. And it could help with sleeping, eating, and digesting. So helping us how we eat and sleep serotonin can help us reduce depression. It could help regulate anxiety. It could even heal wounds and enhance bone health. And it could help ease nausea. That's one of the things that uh, the unfortunate side effects sometimes of anxiety is nausea. And the number one most popular video on my YouTube channel, it's actually called Anxiety and Nausea. And I offer tips on how to reduce the nausea. And uh, it could be a, a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to wake up not only with anxiety, but also with nausea. And uh, to have those two combined, it's just horrible. So those are the, the four main chemicals, feel-good chemicals in our body that the neuroscience of why self-help is so important or, or self-care. Self-care is really just anything you do to care for yourself. It's not being lazy. It's not being selfish, but doing things that you enjoy. Now, is it the same thing for everybody? Does everybody need a certain level of a, or amount of self-care? No, everyone's different. But you need something in your life to enhance those uh, hormones in your body. Exercise is a common denominator. Eating healthy is a common denominator. Sleeping, common denominator of all of those feel-good hormones. Drinking plenty of water, socializing, loving on babies, <laughs> eating dark chocolate, eating spicy foods. Now, I get it. Not everybody can eat spicy foods. I get it. I understand. So I, I want to talk this a little bit. I, I want to share with you a little bit about what my wife and I have been doing for our self-care and we just absolutely love it. Now you might think, ah, that's, that's so simple. <laughs> it's so uh, general, uh, generic, but for us, it's actually really awesome uh, because for a long time we weren't able to do this because our, our kids, right? Uh, now our kids are grown and on, on their own, we have a lot more time on our hands. And so we can do things like this. And so, our number one favorite activity that my wife and I like to do with for self-care is bike riding. Yeah, just that bike riding. So a, a month or so ago, my wife and I bought some really nice bikes. They're hybrid bikes. So you can ride on the road and off the road. So they're not quite a mountain bike and they're not quite a, a 10 speed or a road bike, but they're a little bit of both. It's a, it's a hybrid and uh, we are fortunate to live where we live in St. Louis. There are lots and lots and lots of parks with lots of trails. And we found this one trail kind of by accident, actually. And uh, it's a beautiful trail. 
And we, we try to get on that trail as much as we can. And the cool thing is not many people are on it when we're on it. It's like a hidden gem. So we, we go on this trail and, and there are different types of trails that we go on. So there's what I call like the forest trail, a trail that goes through the woods. There's a suburban trail in, in the suburbia. And then there's an urban trail. So we try to do all of those. And this particular one, uh, this trail is in a for I would say classified as a forest trail. And we, especially in the evening, now that it's, it's cooling off a little bit, it's heading into the fall. And when it's in the evening, let's say it's mm, mid seventies to low eighties, just absolutely gorgeous. So we go, we're the only ones usually on this trail and we get on this trail. It's paved which is nice. And we, it winds through, it starts out with like a tunnel. So when I, it's not quite a tunnel, but think of it as like a tunnel of trees. And so this, this path, this paved path goes through all these trees and and the trees kind of make a tunnel and it's just so cool. And we go through it and then we go uh, down. There's a a ramp that goes down and into an actual tunnel underneath the road. And then we go through the tunnel and then we go, there's a fairly long stretch along the highway. We pass a a big field. There are horses. There's a school that we pass and we keep going. And then we come to another tunnel underneath another road. And then we come back up and then we go through a reservation area. And in this reservation area, it is absolutely gorgeous. And we will ride and then we pass so many different cool things. There's one area that it's open prairie and it's long grass. And most of the time, almost every time that we go through, there are deer in there. And then we pass this farm and they raise alpacas. And so we go by the alpacas, <laughs> kind of a random thing, but it's kind of cool. And then one of my favorite parts, we go by this uh, stream, our spring fed stream. And it's, it's a pretty short part of the way, but as we ride by it, we can hear it like a bubbling brook. Oh, I wish I could play, play it for you. It's so peaceful. And it's a natural spring that comes out of a cave. And so we pass that, and then we go to an area where it's open. And lots of times we see deer there. And then towards the end, we go up a hill. And this is like very, very difficult. <laughs> I don't look forward to the hill at the end. And my my quads are, are burning, and I have to switch the gears to where uh, it's not so difficult. And we go, we go, we go. And sometimes I have to remind myself, I've got to get there because on the way down, it's so much fun. And so by the time we get to the end of this trail up the hill and we turn it, take it, take a, a water break, we turn around and then we just glide down. Oh, it's so much fun. And I bet we probably get, I haven't clocked it, but I bet it's somewhere between 10 and 15 miles an hour coasting, not even pedaling. And it's so much fun. The cool breeze is hitting us in the face. We're in the woods. We pass deer. We see all types of wildlife. We hear the birds. We hear 
the the frogs chirping in the swamps and the water and it is just an absolute joy and we just can can all the way back the same route and we love it we've been on suburban trails and we what we rode by at one point the do you know the the Clydesdale the Budweiser uh Clydesdales have you seen those before you may have seen them on the Super Bowl commercial here in St. Louis we are home of Anheuser-Busch and the Cardinals and a lot of times they uh, bring out the the Clydesdales for Cardinals games well we rode by on a trail not that long ago the Clydesdales and they were outside and and it was beautiful and I actually took a picture of it. If you go to our the website, mentalhealthtodayshow.com, I wrote a blog just on this very thing. And I have some pictures on the blog, and you can take a look at that. It's really cool. So that's some of the things that I do for self-care. The other thing is, is exercise, go to the gym, go for walks, and, and things that I enjoy, things that I look forward to, because I want to release those, those natural chemicals in my body because I know they're good for me. They're free. Most of them are free. But the hard thing is, is getting the motivation to do it, right? If you're already shut down, if you already are too stressed out, and maybe you're burnt out, maybe it's everything you, you can do to get out of bed. I get it. It takes small things. You may not be able to do a, a whole list of things for self-care, but you can do one thing. Pick one thing today. It's all. One thing. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be doing the dishes. It could be doing something that's a, you feel accomplished. Just one thing. Go for a walk for 10 minutes. And then you add another and then another and then another. It takes time to get to a level where you are utilizing all four of those feel-good hormones. But it's possible. You, you got to start somewhere. And that's why it is so important to practice self-care. And it's not selfish. And it is important. And if you're the type of person that is always hustling, always on the go, always feeling the pressure, you got to slow down or your body is going to make you slow down. So put this to practice. Practice self-care. And you, if you've heard my uh, recent episodes and I have a guest on, I try to remember to ask all of my guests what they do for self-care, just as a way of encouraging you all to work on your self-care. But this episode, I wanted to dig deeper into the neuroscience of self-care and, and just to emphasize why it's so important. Well, I hope this episode has been helpful for you. and maybe. Maybe you're thinking of someone else that they need to, to listen to this episode. Make sure you share it. And I would love for you to go check out the blog and check out the website. It's, it's, it's a, a lot of great resources right there for you. And you go to mentalhealthtodayshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on LinkedIn. But there's a lot of ways that you can reach out. And I want to mention at the website, mentalhealthtodayshow.com, you can contact me and you can feel free to ask me questions. And if you have ideas that you would like me to talk about on, on the, the show, I want that. I want to hear from you. 
I just had someone the other day email me through the website, and I can't wait to you to do an episode about that. It's my way of answering the question. Now I'll email her back for sure, but if she has the question, more than likely other people do too. So why not just talk about it on the show? And so that's what I plan to do. All right, friends, I'm going to let you go. And as always, I want you to continue to work on your mental health. And remember, the Mental Health Today show has been championing your mental health since 2015. Take care. Bye-bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.